Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, where every single day, the biggest and most important topics to the Big Blue Nation are going to be discussed here. My name is J. Kyle Mann of the Dime Drop, and I'm joined, as always, by Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. That's like the same. I could like almost remix it, like because you say it in the same <laughs> melody Cadence. and everything. Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. We've had a little bit. We had a little bit of a hiccup there in the middle of the week. We had some people asking. Really sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you had a little ouchy headache, so we. Uh, Here's what we... happened. No, I, I don't even know why I threw to you because you. I knew you would say some nonsense. All right. So basically, I play. I play. I still play some basketball. Kyle always makes jokes about how I, he's amazed that I still play basketball. I'm only 34. All right. It's not like I'm. Yeah. Anyway. Every once in a while, I get these exercise-induced mig- migraines. I think they have to do with hydration. Got a really, really terrible one on Wednesday night, and it uh, put me out of commission and threw our schedule off because we both have tricky schedules. Kyle has kids, and yep. uh, Kyle likes to Yeah, we just, sort of, we just sort of punted because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we couldn't we were... make it work. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about, uh, obviously, the chicken sandwich debate. That's really all this this episode's going to be about. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a huge football game on Saturday. We're going to hit on that. We're going to talk about our predictions, our over-unders. Uh, first, though, just to jump in and talk about it right off the top, and then we're going to finish with football. But uh, Lance Ware, as expected, commits to Kentucky. What do you know about the way that went down, Kyle? Well, I, I think it's been a foregone conclusion since they offered him uh, after his kind of breakout Peach Jam performance. He averaged like 14.5 points and 6.5 rebounds, I think, a couple blocks. Um, played well. Uh, they had, as we've discussed before, they had a lot of connections to him. So, they one, they knew a lot about him. Purvis Ellison, uh, Kenny Payne's old teammate at Louisville and one of his best friends, uh, coached him in AAU uh, this summer. Um, one of Calipari's former players at Memphis coached him, uh, helped coach him in high school. Um, you know, he's from from Camden, New Jersey, where they uh, have spent a lot of time. And so, um, you know, I I think as soon as they extended that offer, it was a done deal. This th- this goes way back. This go- I was researching about this. This goes way back to like World Wide West played high school basketball against Milt Wagner in New Jersey. So it was just like this is like family connection. There was no yeah. way he wasn't going to Kentucky. Basically. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, people who kind of understand all the levels of connection there, like from, from the first moment that Kentucky got involved, d- declared that recruitment over. So, uh, and you know, he's a ni- really nice player. He's rising up the rankings. He's, I think, up to 32 in the 247 uh, composite. Uh, you know, he's not a, you know, instant superstar, I don't think, but he's he has – been kind of on a steady upward trend, so who knows what he'll look like by the end of his senior year of high school basketball. Um, but he's a nice piece that, you know, the kind of guys you, you need to mix in when you're building a roster, and especially as you sort of start to try to get guys that you might could have for a couple years who can contribute as freshmen and stick around and be really good sophomores, maybe even juniors. Uh, I think this is a guy who fits that bill. And so, um, and, and really, as much as anything, it kind of, Keeps the excuse me the momentum going, keeps the snowball rolling. That's the third top fifty player in the class that's picked Kentucky, and that rolls them right on into the weekend. So you know they have this; they're going to have this huge week of headlines and and sort of positive news and vibes. And um, Terrence Clark, a number three player in the class of twenty twenty one, another guy everyone is calling uh, as a Kentucky going to be a Kentucky decision. Um, 
everybody believes is going to reclassify to 2020, so he'll be part of this class as well. Um, that would make it two five-stars and two really good four-star players already, and we're not even like halfway through September. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't – I haven't gotten too deep into the weeds about, you know, his game, but uh, where – I watched one of his just, games last night. What did you? I mean, I saw you tweeting about yeah, it. Yeah, I was what waiting for you, you to ask it? me about that, Kyle. Well, that's, that's what. That's what, after I finished droning on on the on the thirty thousand foot view. I was going to let you get down into the nitty gritty. That's what you're here for to be the the, the smart guy. So what, so, what did you see? I was intentionally needling you there. Uh, <laughs> I only see our friendship getting more adversarial. Like, and that's my favorite. <laughs> if you oh talk yeah, to I, mo- yeah, most of yeah, my you, friends. That's that's the way. We we interact anyway. Sorry. Yeah, I try to be. A, we I'm I'm I pretty much insult all my friends. So yeah, it, it's a good way to be. It is. It's a good. You did a you did a nice little southernism too when you were talking about. You said they might could. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's they might is, could. They might could get <laughs> they that might boy. Could. I, I can't tell you for sure, but they might could. I tell you what, that boy can <laughs> shoot the ball, and he is a wildcat. I think that the cats have sharpened their claws yet again to <laughs> dig them in to the southeastern that that group down there that plays ball. Lance Ware is uh, four four children were run over by a dangerous lawnmower Friday. Just, it was a br- just... it was a brutal bloody scene. Lance Ware committed to the Wildcats. Oh yeah, that's I'm Bill Bryant, WKYT. That's a good idea, actually. I should we should that we, it should just be uh, that was right in how front we, of my how face. We, how we how we like set up the show every day? Yeah, <laughs> with Bill Bryant. Bill Bryant. Should, uh, <laughs> we should have Bill on at some point. He has no I idea really, who it. He's gonna. He's if if at some point this stuff makes it to him, he's gonna be like, "Who is this jerk?" <laughs> I wish somebody famous was making fun of me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. No, yeah. Lance. I, Lance, where it seems. Not. Oh, well, go ahead. What? No, I was just gonna say. I really hope that at some point we can we can have Bill on and have him do fake news reads for us. Oh my God, it'd be an honor. Um, it's it's all out of uh, admiration. So Absolutely. Lance, where. He's he's sort of a big crafty four, you know. I think what is he like six ten ish, six eleven yeah, somewhere six, in there. Uh, I think he's listed six nine, but you know, oh, he okay. looks he looks like legitimately tall. I don't think he's one of those six seven guys. Yeah, like a, a sprint, sort of um not not really like an a laterally or vertically explosive athlete from what I could tell. His his jumper seems like it's coming along. It's not like broken. Uh, he does have a little like hesitation at the top of his release. Um, Sort of remind his release reminds me a little of Eric Daniels, but I think it's better than Eric Daniels. Um, he he just he seems like he has good instincts, good feet and hands. Um, he he seems like he's sort of getting used to being as big as he is in terms of uh, the physicality that comes with that. I think he could be a pretty. He seems like a guy that could be a pretty high level like secondary decision maker. Yeah, I I like him. I think he's the type of guy that's going to hang around. He seems to me like like a two or three. Two or three year player anymore, you know. We, I don't even know what to expect anymore with guys and how long they're going to stay. Uh, so really, it doesn't really mean anything, does it? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. But I mean, you, you, you. He's the type of guy you think on the front end. Uh, you know, I, I like. I think guards that we, as we've seen at Kentucky, that are in the 30s and 40s and maybe a little bit underrated, can make a big jump. Like. Hero and Shea and some of those guys have done. I, I think it it happens less likely with big guys. If anyone is set up for the long track with Cal, if anyone is set up to 
sort of weather the the developmental process and how long that takes and st- and stay patient with that. It, I would think it would be a kid like this who Cal has you know a family connection to. Um, I mean, it, it goes deep. Like up at, you know, Worldwide West, <laughs> that that connection, his connection to Camden is just so strong. And uh, like we know, Cal is they they're big time. They're boys, so I think that the family connection and uh, there's not going to be like that weird. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's gonna have he's he's gonna have trusted people in his ear saying like, "Be patient," and that's important. Like the reason these guys leave before they should leave when they when it happens is because they have people in their ear saying, "You you know, you got to go." Yeah. And so uh, I think if they've got the right the right messaging, then this could be a good one. And then you know. Looking forward, Terrence Clark is is kind of the big fish, and um, might well end up being the best player that they sign in this class. Would be the best rankings wise, the best player they've signed in four years, five years. So, uh, would will end the streak of Kentucky not getting a, a top five player. It's sort of an arbitrary thing, and we've talked about not all top five players are the same because not all classes are the same. But um, he's a good one. He's he's a terrific athlete a really good score needs to shoot it better but um i think it's a big deal that they're gonna end the weekend getting terrence clark as well and having this huge class already and then really be able to be pretty focused about what they do to finish it out i think they'll look with three wings and a and a big man already on signed up at the end of the weekend i think they'll look to find a point guard if they can um and i think cade cunningham and uh and then maybe a reclassified devin askew uh, are the two options there. And then they're going to want, I would think two more big men, certainly one and, and probably two more big men. Um, and so then it'll be interesting to see how soon if Isaiah Jackson jumps on board, if he does, how soon does that happen? Uh, cause they're in a great spot with him after his visit. And then, you know, can they, can they out muscle some, some pretty stiff competition to get Isaiah Todd? Do they go get another younger class guy to reclassify Paolo Banchero maybe I don't know um but um I think those are that's where they look the rest of the way because they've gotten off to such a solid start in yeah. so many other ways yeah totally uh there's there's so much more recruiting to talk about that uh, that we'll get into uh as we go but we got to get to football uh we're going to do some over-unders but first we are going to take a break all right so Pretty big game this weekend. Um, Kentucky, Florida. All Kentucky's trying to do is, after not beating Florida at all for 31 years, uh, beat them twice in a row uh, with a backup quarterback. No big deal. Yeah. Um, Snore, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, the interesting thing, though, uh, and, and I, I didn't look at it before. Well, I guess I couldn't have looked at it before. Um, I don't know what the line would have been before Terry Wilson got hurt, but it's. Uh, Eight and a half right now. Florida favored by eight and a half at Kentucky. Um, I would guess that has a lot to do with the quarterback situation. Don't think it would be close to that if uh, if Terry Wilson was in the game. Uh, but one one thing I I would note is really how one of the more impressive things Mark Stoops has done is really closed that gap down between Kentucky and Florida. Um, only the one win last year, but if you go back. Uh, starting in 2014, uh, which was just his second year, um, 
they've been super all but one year they've been super competitive and really had a chance at the very end to beat Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost in triple overtime at Florida in that second year. I mean that game that was brutal. You Did know, you go to that? Yeah, uh, yeah, I was there. Uh, the uh, you know I think it was so crushing for people because um, one you know boom uh, boom Williams almost had like one of the like greatest plays in program history in overtime. <laughs> he, he like went Reggie Bush and completely, re- completely reversed field, like laterally to go 25 yards for a touchdown that could have won them the game. And then Florida basically gets bailed out by a no call on what should have been a delay a game and gets another chance and scores. And then it, they, you know, goes on to three overtimes and they lose. Garrett um, Johnson was incredible in that game too. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Th- yeah, it was like the game of his career as a Florida kid. And, uh, I mean, easily could have, and I, many people believe should have uh, won that game. But then uh, 2015, it was a five-point game. Um, 2017, the uh, year before last, was the one where they were up and everybody was ready to celebrate at, at Kroger Field. And ready. You know, I wrote a whole column about one guy I saw with like a, one of his two legs slung over the wall kind of halfway. <laughs> and it was like the, the you know, and then, then watching him just slowly and, and totally depressed sling his leg back, back back on the fan <laughs> side and slink off you know ha- they were that close to to rushing oh, the field man. um but then I mean, that's that's now four of the last five years they've either beaten florida or been in position to beat florida on the last you know basically their last play of the game yeah. um knock knock you know, knocking it, on heaven's door yeah. e- even <laughs> when they even when they blew it two years ago they had a field goal to, to try to win it it ended up being a really long one because of a brutal i mean even after everything they did to choke that that game away they get that holding penalty on a big run a benny run that would have been a basically a chip shot field goal to win the game nick haynes right they they would have like yeah they would have squandered it and then come all the way back and won it anyway and like if they had won it in that fashion on a walk-off field goal the stadium might have burned down that night (laughs) um it was but so they they have been really they had the one year, 2015, I'm sorry, 2016, when it was like the cusp of Mark Stoops is getting canned, uh, where they just got drilled by that Florida in the swamp. Remember, Stephen Johnson came in for just a moment and he yeah. got racked. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Like got destroyed. I mean, Drew Barker apparently already had basically a broken back at that point or whatever it was. And, you know, it was a, ni- a nightmare. But for the last five years, they've been right there with Florida. And so this is not this, you know, gargantuan task that it was before and I and you know I do think Dan Mullen will get it going at Florida but I don't think he's done it yet and so um Stoops has beaten Mullen twice now in his yeah tenure, he's beaten right? yeah yeah beaten him on, right. that, on that one big uh field goal at home basically the, that saved yeah, the 50 season yarder yeah, <laughs> yeah like 50 yarder by Austin McGinnis and, yeah Iron Lake. yeah and then and then last year so yeah I I I, I would just say that broadly uh but we'll jump into these over-unders uh, and then make a prediction. Yeah. Um, we'll start with Florida sacks over under three and a half. I'll let you uh, make your call here. Nah, this is tough because this is going to kind of play into what I think is going to happen. I don't think that I think that Kentucky is going to try to flip their eagerness to get to to get to Sawyer Smith. I think they're going to try to flip that by doing some. Like I re- I really think that Eddie Grand's going to like try some stuff in this game like I feel like we're I have the sneaking suspicion that he's gonna go with Lynn Bowden some like mm-hmm. which makes me think I don't know I still feel like they, they'll probably get three though 
I'm gonna just say. Well, three I, and a half is the is the line. So I know, I know. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they're gonna get three. So I'm gonna say okay. under. Under. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm actually inclined to say under as well, uh, which is a kind of crazy thing to think about. Florida right now leading the nation in sacks with 15 in two games, and second in the country with tackle for tackles for loss with 26 in two games. But we should note that one of those games was against UT Martin. The other was against a terrible Miami offensive line. But I do think Florida is strong up front. Um, this is really a strength-on-strength strength thing. Um, our guy, uh, Dane Brugler at The Athletic, who does all of our NFL draft stuff, uh, he's he has Logan Stenberg from Kentucky ranked as the number three senior interior offensive lineman in the country or in the draft pool. Uh, and then he's got a couple of senior edge rushers from Florida on his list of top Edge rushers, Zabari Zuniga at number three, and Jonathan Greenard uh, at number 13. I, I believe that guy is the kid who is at Louisville and is now at Florida and trash-talking Kentucky Said this they're week. nothing. They don't have shit yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, they don't have any. Yeah, they don't have anybody uh, that worries them. But th- this is a, this is a strength on strength. I think Kentucky has an elite offensive line. I think Florida has um, elite defensive front. Um, but I, I think – some of that's just going to be scheme too. And I, we're, to your point, like it feels like when you've breaking in a quarterback like this against a defense like this, it probably will kind of try to pin its ears back and really rattle him. You're probably going to get the ball out quick, you know, throw some screens, throw some just quick passes, do some things to, to make sure he doesn't just stand back there and get drilled. So I'm going to say under uh, on that one as well. On the other side, Felipe Franks, uh, quarterback for Florida, 250 passing yards, over or under? I'm going to say under. Okay. Um, I'm going to say under as well. Uh, he's actually had 250-plus in a game uh, five times, and four of those have been in the last five games. Um, but he has not been good against Kentucky. <laughs> right. Now, this is this, this is a different Kentucky. They, they're totally redone in the secondary, was, as we've talked about a bunch. But last year he threw 38 passes, only completed 45% of them, uh, 232 yards. He went for 270 bef- last week, apparently, right? And two, yeah, he's been over 250 in both of the games this year. Um, but uh, a couple years ago he was 7 of 12. 58% for 85 yards and got benched when uh, Kentucky was up 24 to 14 and Luke Del Rio came in and one that came led that crazy comeback win. Um, I'm not sold on Franks. I think he's a cocky dude who, who thinks he's way better than he is. It seems to be the consensus on him. Like a lot, yeah. of, a lot of people say that. So he must've, what, what has he done to get he, such a, he's like, just really easily unlikable. He's talked a bunch of trash. He, he did a bunch of preening for the camera, uh, at the Miami game when he wasn't even playing all that well. Um, it was, he, he's just kind of unlikable. Um, he's also missing, uh, Kadarius Tony in this game who average is averaging 24 yards a carry this year. He's a real home run threat. Uh, he averaged over 10 yards per touch on offense last year. He had a game, Tony had a game against um, Kentucky in 2017 where he had 39 rushing yards, 35 receiving yards, and threw a 50-yard pass. He's a really, probably the most dangerous guy on Florida's offense, and he's out with an injury, so that affects it as well. I'm going to say, even with Kentucky's rebuilt secondary, I'll say under, uh, and we'll try to breeze through the rest of these. Sawyer Smith, 25 passing attempts over or under? Uh, see, last well, last week he didn't even... I had this pulled up. Sorry. How many did he attempt last week? Nine attempts in the fourth quarter. 
in the fourth. Yeah, I uh, I, I still feel like it's gonna they're gonna do like a mix to keep Florida off balance. Um, I honestly just have a sneaking suspicion that it might be under. Like I feel like I feel like Terry's or I feel like Lynn Bowden's gonna take some snaps. I, and I don't know. I I just have a feeling it's gonna be balanced. So I'll say under. Yeah, I'm I, I'm gonna say over just because we're I don't want to be different. I, would, I don't want us to be the same on all these. But I I'm, but you I'm, wanted I, to. I probably lean towards under with you, but I also think they could just get a bunch of quick little throws out to get him comfortable. And mm-hmm. and I do think, you know, I wrote I wrote a story about um, Ahmad Wagner today, and we'll think we're gonna talk about that. But I I think you throw it up to that guy a few times, get the ball down the field. It looks like he's comfortable throwing that deep ball. It's also possible they get down, and that's the X factor. Like if if Florida roars out, then they're gonna have to throw the ball with them. Um, uh, you know, many, and two, can I ask you a question really quick? Yeah. How many points do you think Kentucky needs to to score to win this game? I have a number kind of in mind, but uh, I think they could. Pro- I think a minimum of twenty four, probably, said, yeah. probably twenty, probably closer to twenty eight. I said twenty eight on the nose. That's what I think they're going to have to do to win this one. Uh, yeah, and so they're going to have to score. Yeah, that'll reveal itself in uh, in our score predictions. But uh, one one other note about just about Sawyer. We talk about guys that are missing for Florida. Pretty big break for the new quarterback, uh, junior corner uh, C.J. Henderson is also out for an injury for Florida with an injury for Florida, and he's probably their best pro prospect. Mel Kuyper's got him. I think seventeenth on his early twenty twenty draft. He's on big every board. board. He's, yeah, he's our guy uh, Dane Brugler has him in the first round. Um, he's legit. He's got in in first two seasons and a little bit of change. He had thirteen pass breakups, six interceptions, and returned two of those for touchdowns. Um, to take him away certainly has to make you feel better. Maybe there's a guy. Maybe there's a matchup you can then exploit. Throw the ball down the field. Uh, with Sawyer Smith, so they're just um, they're missing a lot of their big play players. Yeah, I'm not sure it's a one for a one trade for like Kentucky. If it's if it equals Kentucky losing Terry Wilson, that they're without Kadarius Tony and C.J. Henderson, two of their biggest. Sorry, I dropped my dropped my mic here. Uh, two of their biggest playmakers, one on each side. I don't know if it's exactly equal, but it's probably close. I mean, it, this sort of even evens things out a little bit. Uh, we've gone on, so I'm going to skip the last two over-unders. They were a little bit underwhelming to me. Anyway, as I was putting them together, so let's just do our score picks and move on to the next and final segment. Uh, I've got, as I said, Florida 8.5-point favorite. I've got Florida 27, Kentucky 20, just because I won't be surprised if Kentucky wins. I just There's too much uncertainty for me with what will we get out of Sawyer Smith yet to uh to pick kentucky to win and also because we don't we haven't seen this this secondary against anything close to a you know legitimate offense yet and so uh, i need to see that as well before i'd be ready to pick them in a game like this uh i'm gonna say i think florida's gonna win i think it's gonna be i'll go 31 24 31 24 and 27 20 for me all right well you guys can rip us all when kentucky wins by uh you know i hope they digits do or something saturday yeah, yeah i mean I, it, it, it won't be shocking to me but i just i to me this is a this is like a a safe pick of i don't know what we're gonna get yet out of 
Sawyer Smith, so I'm going to hold reserve judgment. And I think that Kentucky's going to try to use that to their advantage. That's kind of my prediction on that. It it could. It certainly will be a test of Eddie Grant and his creativity. Let's take a break and wrap it up. All righty. So, Kyle, this morning you put out a story about Ahmad Wagner, Kentucky's gargantuan receiver who is just a flag magnet. Ahmad Flagner is our buddy. Uh, Curtis Birch calls him. Hey, yeah, Curtis. Curtis, uh, Curtis has gotten some like notoriety out of this. Like <laughs> it's in the game notes. All the broadcasts like shouted out now. Good for Curtis. And it's, it's his name. legacy now. That's his legacy. Nothing else. Just that. Uh, so tell us. I mean, tell us about the you know your story. How'd it go? I have been intrigued by Ahmad Wagner since they added him as a transfer, and I thought. I mean, I'm not saying, like, oh, I knew. I didn't know anything. But I thought, like, this is – I could see this working out easily. One, because, as I mentioned in the story, there's so many examples of guys who played basketball for three or four years in college, and then they were like, oh, I'm going to play football. And now they're, in a, you know, in the NFL, and in many cases, NFL stars. I mean, some of the, the greatest tight ends in history – have been former basketball players who converted and a couple of them converted, didn't even play, didn't even switch over and play a year of football in college. They just played basketball, got out and went and tried out for NFL teams uh, and made it. They're all tight ends, but essentially I would guess Ahmad Wagner eventually gets turned into a tight end. He's this huge guy, 6'6", 235, could easily put on a few more pounds and be 6'6", 250. He's the, he's the size of these guys that have done it. Um, you know, Jimmy Graham, Julius Thomas, Antonio Gates, Vince Marrow at Kentucky, uh, played two years of college basketball at Youngstown State, then transferred to Toledo, played one year of football at Toledo, and was an NFL draft pick and played for the Buffalo Bills. So he, he had done it, and he's the guy that was leading the recruitment on Wagner all along. So when they got him, I just thought, like, I can totally see this working out. A really athletic guy with, who's got huge size, big wingspan, big hands, you know, big vertical can run uh, Surely you could at least like make him a specialist and throw it up to him in the end zone. Yeah. Um, and then he started doing the thing where he get all the flags last year. Um, and then he starts this year and he's getting all the flags again, but he's actually catching the ball and he's had a couple just enormous catches. He had his second catch of his career. He caught it and shed three different defenders, just like they were like little uh, toy soldiers. He just toppled them over. Um, <laughs> and then, do you and find then, yourself shedding toy soldiers all the time? Yeah, yeah. The, the toy sh- soldiers climb on my back, and then I say, get uh, off me, toy sh- soldiers. Quick, quick, what's something I shed all the time? Uh, toy soldiers. Yeah, <laughs> no, anyway, like knocking so. them over, like a, like a kid like running through his pile of toys. Okay. And then everybody knows I imagine the big... them up on your back. Like, like, ah. <laughs> I, I tape them to myself, and then I just shake until they wow, fall. Wow, this is... Um, <laughs> God so this is why we're always over on time. Uh, anyway, then then he has this huge t- uh, touchdown last week. Uh, you know, Sawyer Smith's very first play goes for a fifty-four yard touchdown, despite a guy hanging on his back. Uh, and I just soldier, really, yeah. yes, like a toy soldier. I just really wanted to to know more about him and write about him and and really dive in on this. I think one of the more interesting stories in college football. Um, well, you, he's you, now. He's now been targeted 14 times at Kentucky. 13 of them have been positive outcomes. Seven pass interference, so half yeah. his targets have been pass interference. And the other, there was an eighth that he just it didn't count because he scored anyway. And the other six, he's had catches for 128 yards. He is a fascinating 
figure in college basketball. And to me, like he's a he's a sure thing. You throw him the ball, and something good happens. And like this week in particular, felt like a great week to write about him because there is there is no more valuable thing to Sawyer Smith than sure things. It's been a big target um, that's up yeah. high that he can throw to. You said that, uh, you were saying that the bat the football team was interested in in Ahmad Wagner when he was at Iowa, right? That there was some, Oh, the uh, yeah, the staff there was was openly thirsty. Like they were like they had assistant <laughs> coaches like tweeting at Ahmad Wagner. So, like, but it got was, contentious, like, like, you said. Like it was a little Well, I don't know if it got contentious, but I, I I I would imagine there was some conversation behind the scenes like, "Hey, back off from the basketball staff." Right. Cuz they were like, "Well, at one point one of the football assistants was like, "So when are you coming to play football?" <laughs> like that's pretty pretty open tampering. Uh, but well, I, talked I mean, to if Fran, you've like, got this in, in this NFL level talent on your t- campus playing, oh, perceivably yeah. maybe the wrong sport, quote unquote. Not even maybe. I mean, I think every <laughs> it's crazy. Everyone agrees. Like Vince Merrow, he only played one year of high school football because he was trying to focus on basketball. Um, and in that year, he was incredible. He had 58 catches for over a thousand yards and 17 touchdowns. There's a, a video uh, embedded in the story. He makes a catch in high school where he like video game spin moves a guy at the line of scrimmage, and then makes a leaping one-handed catch, sheds a tackler and like a toy soldier, and runs in for like fifty-yard touchdown. And he'd only played one year of high school football. You see that video and go, "Of course, this guy is a a football player." And and Vince Merrill really tried to convince him. He he wanted to go give basketball a shot. But as that career sort of started to wind down and he was playing, he started, he played 96 games. He started 25 for Iowa. He got to play real minutes in the NCAA tournament, but he averaged like three points and two rebounds for three years. I think he finally started in the back of his mind going like, am I wasting this body that I have on the wrong sport? I mean, he might I have be... preserved it a little bit, you know, that's he also probably... true. Yeah. He may have heard helped himself, but although Vince Merrow's point is if he had come out of high school and played football he'd already be in the nfl and a bunch of you know a bunch of the guys merrill said like he was the best player in the state and i went and looked at the guys in the state that year there's you know three of them have already been drafted in the first three rounds of the nfl draft uh one of them is joe burrow who's the star quarterback at lsu and vince is like no i'm telling you that was the best dude in the state of ohio um, and so that was interesting. Yeah. I talked to Fran McCaffrey, his coach at basketball coach at Iowa, who was basically like, "Oh, he made the right decision. Like, you didn't, we didn't want to lose him. They love him there. He was like the perfect citizen, apparently, uh, for the basketball program." But he, Fran McCaffrey's like, "What do you want me to tell him? He's going to play. He is going to play in the NFL. Like, I, I believe that." And so they wished him well. They still, you know, he still texts with him, um, but. It, to me, it's just such – it's a remarkable story. The ending of the story is Vince Merrill's like, I, I've been telling people, I've been telling NFL uh, scouts this since he got here. He's going to be a big deal. And he said, I, you know, this is going to be a national story. And so now it is a national story. We we have about 3,000 words up on him uh, on The Athletic. We we address the the pass, in, pass interference flags. This is a, a great line from Vince Merrill. He said, when DBs see him, they're thinking he's a big slow guy. Until you get there in person and you have to cover him, you don't realize, oh, shit, this dude can run. It makes Good you wonder how the, how the scouting is going to like respond to this. Like, because it's well, you point, assume but, that they're going to start to double-team him, but... You know, one of the things, for Kentucky, 
Yeah, yeah, that's good for Kentucky. And one of the things I talked to Wagner about this, and this is going to think I think start to show itself. You and I have talked about the tight ends, and particularly Keaton Upshaw, the young guy who just like talk about he and he and Wagner absolutely pass the like get off the bus. Who's going to the NFL? <laughs> Those two guys are definitely going to the NFL. Who's that? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they have those two guys plus just the other tight end, Justin Rigg. He says at some point, Wagner goes, at some point you can only bracket so many guys. So one of us is getting a one-on-one matchup, and that means one of us is going to win. Yeah. Um, so it'll be, you're right, though. It'll be interesting to see now that he's not really a secret anymore and he's not just a, you know, get pass interference flags, but he's a real threat to jump over your dude and catch the ball and take off running. Um you know, will they will they defend him differently? Can they can they even do anything with a guy that big? I don't know. I mean, he's not a tight end. He's a he, they he runs a legit you know probably four four nine four five one at six six two thirty five. Um, there's just not a corner in the country that's even close to his size. So uh, mm-hmm. he's going to be a tough matchup for everybody. Yep. Well, you should go read that. Subscribe to the Athletic and uh, support Kyle and uh, all of his terrible habits that he has that we won't talk about <laughs> on the air, and uh, his his habit of buying toy soldiers. And uh, anyway, it's going to be on the next season of Mine Hunter, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah. So you know, we're going to come right back at you next week. We're going to review that. We may even throw in a little bonus ec- episode this weekend to make up for uh, me getting sick. But, uh, yeah, subscribe to The Athletic. Follow Kyle on Twitter. Say your handle so I don't have to remember it. Go ahead. At Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. And follow me, at J Kyle Man. Uh, I have some, some work coming up here, some NBA preview stuff that's going to be coming up on The Ringer. And, uh, hey, we'll see you next time. Uh, take it easy. Go Cats. See ya. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts